Hi people, welcome back to the next English podcast. Again, I'm sitting in my garden, just like in the previous episode. You could say that I am experiencing a deja vu, a strange feeling that the same thing has already happened. Although I don't think this qualifies as a deja vu, because it's been planned. That's right, I have got a script in front of me. And also, the weather is rather different. Last time it was all sunny and scorching hot. Today, um, the weather is quite mild. Uh, it's, it's reasonably hot as well, but the, there are a lot of clouds up in the sky. And you can smell uh, the freshness of the air. That's because it, it rained quite heavily yesterday. And I think there was even a storm at night. Um, i was sound asleep so i can't really remember but i think i think there was a storm and lightnings everywhere and thunder and all that anyway welcome back welcome back to the next english podcast um i hope you are okay are you okay i am certainly okay myself and this episode is a sequel to the previous one Uh, which was obviously a prequel to this one. Although I have to say that I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> okay, so I didn't know whether I was going to do another one. I was kept in the dark. Well, when I say I was kept in the dark, uh, to be honest with you, it's me who brought this up on himself so to speak. In this episode, um, episode 177, I would like to clarify what the preceding Rambly episode was all about. I'm sure some of you have been left puzzled as to what on earth that was. Well, let me break it down to you. Episode 176, called Garden Ramble, was recorded. Um, why am I using passive voice there? I mean, I can, I suppose. Um, I can. I'm making this sound more dramatic, maybe, with this, and official, and formal, and whatnot. Uh, anyway, this episode was recorded one or two days before my drum rolls IELTS test. And I believe it was um, on the 11th or 12th. Yes, I took the IELTS test. Can you believe it? Me, yes, me too. On the 13th of May this year, that is 2017. I took the IELTS test as well. I jumped on the bandwagon myself. Absolutely incredible, isn't it? Well, I never thought... I could live up to this day, actually. You know, I should not really need this. In fact, I should be the one preparing my students to take exams like this. To help them get to universities, to increase their chances of finding a job, etc. But no, I had to do this myself. I mean, I wasn't forced on anything. So, so why? Why the hell? Well, 
You know, I'm sort of looking for a job abroad. Not doing a good job of searching because I barely allocate any time on this whatsoever, even though I do have the required time. Yes, I'm quite free these days. Less work than usual. Anyway, someone from a job-seeking agency that I've been exchanging some correspondence with had actually asked me whether I had taken IELTS. That was a shock to me. And to be honest with you, I hadn't at the time. Why was it shock? Well, it was a shock to me because... Um, Let's face it, I have a CELTA, I have a DELTA, I have a university degree in English teaching. Why should, be, uh, why should I be asked to take IELTS? That's just mind-boggling. Um, because a university degree, CELTA and DELTA, should already, be, should already be a guarantee that I'm a proper, no-nonsense teacher with good English proficiency. But... You know how this goes. We non-natives tend to be discriminated against, even though we can do just as a good job as natives teacher, and I'm sure that in some cases maybe even a better job. So despite the initial shock, I decided to tackle his head-on and took the plunge and actually applied for this by many students feared exam. Now, you can choose from two options. Um, now, when you take the IELTS, uh, there, there are two options you can choose from. And um, I went for the IELTS General. There's also IELTS Academic. Uh, that's more needed if you're applying to university. So that was out of question for me. Um, after submitting the application online and paying for the exam, which, by the way, costs somewhere in the region of 220 euros, not the cheapest thing in the world. I, I can definitely imagine cheaper things in this world, um, from which I might also like derive a bit more pleasure than, um, than um, this one, and which are a bit less stressful, to be honest with you, such as lying on the beach somewhere by the sea or something, or uh, um, hiking in the mountains, anyway. So after sending in the application, I had about one month to prepare for the exam, and I actually managed to keep this thing a secret. I mean, I might have accidentally told about three to four people. I may have dropped a hint here and there, but that's about it. So, why was I so damn secretive? And wasn't this just a case of making a mountain out of a molehill? Well, you be the judge of that. Basically, I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want to jinx it. I thought I could tempt fate with it, you know? I may have a tendency to be a bit superstitious at times, so uh, don't laugh at me. I just had this image in my head. What if I got a terrible result? That would humiliate me uh, in front of my own audience and uh, friends and uh, colleagues and I would lose credibility as, a, as an English teacher. Um, and I... And, uh, 
As a result, I would also lose self-esteem and and so on. Um, it's a mental thing, a psychological game, you know, uh, with myself. In a nutshell, I wouldn't want to become a laughing stock. So, almost no one knew about my intention to take IELTS. Not even you, I believe, because I did not, uh, I did not mention it in the latest episode of the podcast, did I? I didn't, did I? I don't think so. So I thought I thought this was a just a better move to keep quiet about this. So then I was preparing for the exam. Well, when I say I was preparing, <clears throat> I must have spent about four to five hours on the exam preparations in total. <laughs> IELTS, just like any similar proficiency exam of this format, consists of four parts. That is writing, speaking, reading, and listening. No grammar, sadly, because I would have nailed grammar if there was some. Um, so as for the preparation, I did two listening tests, which makes up about one hour in total. I did one reading test, which again amounts to one hour. I did a bit of speaking. Well, guess what? The previous episode was the only speaking practice I did, in fact, and I think I did it right. I came out of my comfort zone. I didn't. I did not prepare what I was going to say. I tried to speak with my best English, paying close attention to how I pronounce things, what I say, trying to use a good range of grammar and vocabulary, putting myself under certain level of pressure. Uh, it's different from what I'm doing now, by the way, because, like I said at the beginning, in this case, I'm sort of reading from the script. Although I'm trying to make it sound natural as much as I can uh, by reading it out in a way that it looks like as if I was struggling. If I really wanted, I would um, read it differently. Trust me. But I think I think I will go off the script at times. Just like I'm going off the script now. Uh, where was I? Yeah, it is. It is always more comforting to know what you're going to talk about, to have notes. It's it's easier, you know. You don't have to spend so much energy on it, I suppose. So, on the 13th of May, I took the exam uh, in Prague, which is, if you don't know, the capital of my country, the Czech Republic, or Czechia. If you really need. Fourteen uh, days later, I got the result, and um, I had done some calculations and predictions based on how I felt during the exam and after. And I have to say, I did a pretty good job at that. There is um, there is no pass or fail in IELTS. It is a so-called proficiency exam. Uh, you're diagnosed on your English level, basically. Uh, the score system is a band in which, uh, uh, sorry, which ranges from zero to nine. Zero being someone with absolutely no English. Uh, to be honest, to get zero in IELTS, um, you would probably have to get drunk or stoned or not turn up for the exam at all. And it so it ranges from zero to nine, uh, being a proficient competent 
native user, pretty much native speaker, spoiler alert, not necessarily. So I was basically hoping uh, for something in the region of 8 and higher if there was any chance of that, which to be honest with you, there wasn't. And fearing, I was fearing of 7.5 or even lower because that's who I am, you know. I'm not as confident as I should be. And don't worry, everything is fine. I was quite relieved and to be honest, satisfied with uh, the result I got. And that's why this episode is a thing. That's why you can now listen to me recording this episode. Because I don't think I would have the guts to record it if I had failed terribly or something. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. Well, I hope you will like this episode. And let's move on. Uh, so I think you're already joining the dots. The garden party... No, it wasn't a party. It was um, just a recorded episode. Uh, I'm just unable to read my notes here. The garden ramble episode which I completely improvised, was actually a well-thought-out practice, ingenious idea, wasn't it? And it was practice for the speaking part. I would be ridiculous if this was practice for the writing past, uh, part, um, wouldn't it? Um, and I, um, I did this recording uh, one or possibly two days before the exam, like I said, and to be frank, I got a bit stressed. Uh, it was a bit too late, you know. Um, it was a case of a last-minute rush. And, yeah, it made me feel guilty. I did not spend enough work on the preparation. And I'd been feeling guilty longer than that, actually. I had applied a month before the exam. But I was just too busy teaching and mostly it's all just excuses. I did have some time, but I uh, I devoted this time to different things, um, often some pastimes and uh, playing games and whatnot. So in other words, I was just being lazy. And it is not really about English itself. I spent a lot of time with English every day, like I normally do. But it's more about familiarizing yourself with the task types with the structure of uh, the structure and the format of the actual exam I have I had always been more familiar with Cambridge exams that is uh, than uh, the, uh, Cambridge exams such as FCE CAE uh, more th more than IELTS to be honest uh, with you I even have a personal experience of taking FCE actually and um, I had taught some FCE classes, so there you go. So I have left this to the last possible moment um, that someone that I would do uh, that kind of fits my personality. Something that I know I shouldn't have done, obviously, uh, because I teach this, I tell my students to prepare well for these types of exams. I give them a lot of tips. Um, I um, give them a lot of advice of this sort. And this is the case of being a hypocrite. Because I don't really practice what I preach. Well, these birds are loud. Can you hear them? 
I hope you can hear the birds because it's it's actually quite nice. I think after rain a lot of birds appear even more than usual and that's because they've got a lot of worms and earthworms um, to eat so I think it's it's a feast really after rain. I'm not a biologist or anything or ornithologist but I'm just assuming yeah so where was I I think I was talking about me being lazy and like underestimating everything um, yeah yeah that's procrastination basically finding excuses why not to do things rather than subscribing to the idea of stitching time saves nine ever heard that proverb a stitch in time saves nine instead every day I would just always say to myself that I would sleep on it. In theory, this is a great idea, but not so great if the day after you sleep on it, you say exactly the same thing and then later, before you know it, you end up in an infinite loop. Uh, it's a trap from which there is no escape. I don't know about you, but this happens to me um, uh, with other aspects of my life as well. It's not just um, when I prepare myself for exams. Um, other aspects being um, looking for a job, cleaning, even working out. I keep postponing it. And some of my students or even Zep listeners say that I'm too hard on myself and then that everybody does that. I categorically deny that. In this case, I definitely not hard enough on myself. So, I was taking the exam on May the 13th. It was actually Saturday, weirdly. But fair enough. People work on weekdays, so that's why they do it on Saturdays. Funny fact, I took this exam on the same day as was the first Lapster meetup in Prague. The one that I organized, the one that I... Um, I uh, dedicated two episodes of the next English podcast too. So why did I organize a Lepster meetup on the same day? You see, I'm not exactly from Prague. I come from Podjebrady, which is 50 kilometers east of Prague. So again, this is a case of trying to kill two birds with one stone. I always love to pull off um, things like that. I mean, I don't really murder the birds with stones. No, I'm not that morbid or sadistic. In fact, some would say that I wouldn't hurt a fly, which is a myth, by the way, because let me debunk this myth. I have killed many flies before, okay? My point is, if I can do more things in one go, I feel good about myself. And it is, a, and it is good to feel good about something that is not that good. I mean, exam, exam, it's all well and good. I love exams. Don't get me wrong, it's a goodie. This is one of the words they, by the way, tell you not to overuse during the writing task. If you use the word good too much, it doesn't really show good range of um, vocabulary. So, just that was just a side note there. So, this feeling of uncertainty and stress. Ah! It's better than beer. No, not really, actually. Uh, comparing apples to oranges here. 
The day before the exam, I started panicking a little bit, but I know the drill. I have taken exams before. You could say I'm somewhat an exam veteran. So I know the drill, I know the theory, how you should take it easy the evening before. I know that I should have a small break before I go to bed and I know I know that I should have a small beer before I go to bed and I know I should go to bed early, especially since um, I was supposed to be getting up at 5.30 in the morning to be able to catch the train. Well, that's all well and good on paper, but in reality, um, I fucked up. I sure did. Not the first time, not the last time. The night before the exam, I could not sleep. Another case of insomnia. Same thing had happened to me before, uh, before my final exams at university. The same thing had been happening to me during my Delta course. It, it does affect your performance, you know, when you are tired because of lack of sleep. And it, you, just, you just inevitably make more mistakes. I did manage to fall asleep in the end, but I slept only for about two hours. Not good enough. I don't exactly remember what I did when I woke up at 2 a.m., but I know I was lying in bed, probably watching something, surfing the internet, I think. But then, as a result, I was feeling extremely groggy uh, the entire day uh, during the exam. Um, at 9 a.m., the madness got underway. First came the listening. I used to hate listening exams back in the day. Um, I thought I was really bad at this because it involves a lot of multitasking. You have to read the questions. Uh, you have to listen um, to the recording. And then you have to also mark the question, which is sort of writing, isn't it? And you have to do all this at the same time. So... That's something I have, I uh, had always struggled with. And, yeah, like I said, I had done some listening tests prior to the exam. And I was getting quite high scores uh, between 8 to 8.5, which is really great. So I, um, I think I calmed myself down by these two tests. So it, it made me feel pretty confident. So I was, I was okay during this test. And, yeah, I thought I was doing all right. Um, it feels like these IELTS tests, IELTS listening tests are quite well made, to be honest with you, because there are good gaps, long gaps between the questions. What I mean is that you have enough time to read what you're looking for, and you know you won't miss it if you don't pay 100% attention to listening for five seconds or so, which you don't when you're marking the answer. Listening to podcasts is part of my life. I've been listening to podcasts for five years now. I play this my board game where I get a lot of listening practice. And I've been doing this for more than a year. So, listening... Um, I get a lot of listening practice and this is amazing. And I think it, it shows. It showed in this test as well. And I must have pushed my English in the latest years. You know, at this level, you don't really see much progress. You don't see it. Um, 
And it's bad because seeing progress pushes you, it motivates you to make more effort. But at this high level, it's really hard. It's really hard to see any progress whatsoever. Uh, so as for, as for my result, I could have done better. Um, I think I tend to be a bit absent-minded sometimes and inevitably I make mistakes. I'm not a robot. I, um, I understood everything, in fact, except for one answer, I believe. I just couldn't hear it. But it was probably a word I didn't know, so I guessed something. But overall, I thought I did okay. And 8 is the score I got. 8 out of 9. And I think it's my standard. Although I think I might be capable of 8.5, possibly even 9. I think it's not too far-fetched, this idea. Because like I said, I, I understand everything when I listen to recording. It's more about me like handling the question, really. And I, again, I understand the question, but it's, it's about finding the, finding the match between the question and what, what you, uh, what the, the piece of listening that you have to listen out for uh, to answer the question. Hope that was clear. Um, okay, so then came the reading at 9.30. And I thought I was doing alright. I thought uh, I had good timing. And I thought that the texts that I was um, handling, uh, the, the texts that I was reading were quite understandable. One task was a study about ants different types of ants, like the queen and the workers and so on. And they mentioned some exotic species, quite interesting actually. And someone, I found this one easy to follow, and I think this one might have been, uh, might have been considered the, the most difficult one, task of them all. And I finished before the end, um, so I had enough time to check my answers. I just wasn't sure about one thing. Um, there was in the text there was a ref, there was some sort of number, and it said one thousand million million. And then in the answers you were supposed to write a one-word answer. And I wrote trillion. Everybody said after the exam this this is not trillion. Even the internet, I couldn't find it. And then. Somehow I got nine in reading. Nine in reading. I don't remember the last time this happened to me. Nine means 40 out of 40, guys. You make one mistake in this reading part and you get 8.5. It's very cruel, very strict. Listening is different, a little bit more lenient. You can make one mistake and still have nine. I'm quite sure that in 9 out of 10 cases, I would always make at least one mistake, especially especially with 2 hours of sleep. So in that respect, this is an incredible achievement, and I'm immensely proud of myself. I got 9 in reading. It's, it's amazing. And then, and then came uh, the true disaster of my IELTS test. I started off well with the writing. I did. A letter. I was writing a letter, but I was five minutes be five minutes behind. I thought it's not a disaster. I can handle this. You know, I had done no prior writing practice, and that 
that's the that's the reason behind my um, uh, failure, basically. I was overconfident about my writing. I was too overconfident. It's not just practicing writing for the sake of writing, because I I write a lot uh, every day. I think, for example, this this episode has been written, or um, I um, I write the rules for my game and things like that. But I'm talking about practicing the exam task. I was getting more and more tired and more and more stressed at this point until a point where I genuinely panicked and this was and still is the biggest disappointment of the entire exam. Effectively, the writing part cost me uh, an 8.5 result, you know? I could have got 8.5 in total, but I got only 8 and that's and that's because of the writing. So basically the problem was that I didn't have enough time to proofread what I wrote and I wrote too much. I just it was like I in the essay I, I was supposed to write about 250 words and I wrote about 400. And when I talked to Luke about this um, after the exam, uh, he mentioned that writing more than I should affects my task achievement criterion. But I'm not so sure because I had watched um, some videos prior to the exam and they said that, that in IELTS it's not the case. You can write as many words as you want and it wouldn't affect your... without it affecting your performance. I don't know, honestly, but I think the problem was that I didn't have time to proofread this. Anyway, at this point I was I was really shattered physically, absolutely devastated. I just needed to take a nap somewhere. But that wasn't an option, unfortunately. So then came a break. A lunch break, you may call it. Lunch break! Who needs four hours for lunch? I'm not a hobbit, for God's sake. I was supposed to spend four afternoon hours somewhere in the city centre. And as you know, I desperately needed a sleep at this point. A power sleep it is sometimes called by experts. You know, if you sleep 20 hours in the afternoon, it can give you a massive energy boost actually. This has been proven by research apparently. I even googled it. So this is how desperate I was. I couldn't find a sleep, a place to sleep. And frankly, I couldn't find a way to do it. I would just walk around uh, the city centre thinking what I would do, how to make that power sleep happen. I thought I could lie down in, uh, in park just to take a quick nap, you know. But then I let, uh, let go of the idea because I was scared stiff that my stuff would get stolen. You know, there's quite a lot of pickpockets in Prague, actually. In the grand scheme of things, the Czech Republic is quite a safe country, but we are infamous for having pickpockets, unfortunately. So I walked around in circles. Visited, I, visited, uh, I visited Venceslav Square, then the railway station, uh, then Venceslav Square, and again the railway station, then Venceslav Square, the railway station. Yes, I was doing exactly that, because the... The school when the, where the exam was taken was actually somewhere between, let's say, and 
yeah, so I was walking walking around in circles, the same route again and again, about three times, experiencing deja vu, my head spinning. Sometimes I would just sit on a bench at the railway station in the busiest place and just listen in on people's conversations or play with my phone just to keep myself occupied. Just, just to stay awake, you know. I was really running on fumes at this point. But I kept going. I did not want to give up. We don't realize how much potential we have, you know. We can actually do things which we think we are not capable of. Listen to Luke's English podcast episode, Touching the Void. One of the recent ones. I love that episode. And then watch the film as well. Just to see what I'm talking about. Last year I ran 20 kilometers in one go. I would have never thought that I was capable of something like that. But I kept going and going. My point is like we can do things we don't think we are capable of if we just press on, if we just don't give up. So I was waiting for the time to pass. I was trying to kill the time by doing something as inactive as walking is, slowly, I did not walk fast, I was trying to keep keep myself awake uh, while not trying to lose too much energy. So eventually, by miracle, the time...